John chapter 21, verses 18 to 23. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, a rumor spread amongst the brothers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Here ends the second reading. That's better. Hand up if you're under 14. Put your hand down, Bill. Right. Sorry, but if you're under 14, you have to sit through another boring sermon. So sorry about that. But I might sneak a question in somewhere along the way. So just be a little bit awake if you can't stay awake. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be watching you, Bill. Don't nod off. We've been going through the Gospel of John for some time now. Today's the second last sermon from John. Fittingly, Carl will preach the last sermon in this series next Sunday on the last two verses of the book. I'm glad he's doing that, not me, two verses. Don't know. There's a danger when looking at a small section of a book of the Bible that you can get a diminished message from it. It's necessary to look at a short passage in the context of the continuing story in order to better understand it, to get a fuller picture. Let's just pray for a moment before we do that. Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight. Amen. You may be wondering about the title of the sermon. It's not the um, title that was put uh, down uh, in the bulletin a while ago. The title is Not Only Me, Mate. And um, those under 14, if you keep listening, you'll find out a little bit about why, why that title was chosen. Look, you've got to feel a bit sorry for Peter. This is the third week that he's been closely examined. He had a cam scan two weeks ago. He had a Keith scan last week. And today he's going to have a Phil scan. 
Poor Peter. Today's passage is part of a longer conversation between Jesus and Peter. We need to look at it in its wider context. Jesus was very gently giving him a thorough forensic examination. It was about his HSC, his spiritual commitment. Cameron spoke about Peter feeling broken and dispirited and going back to fishing. Peter felt he was a complete failure. He'd hung around in the shadows when Jesus was arrested. He had denied that he was a follower of Jesus three times. He'd rashly cut off the ear of the high priest's servant. He'd even failed to walk across the water when Jesus called to him to come. Every one of these failures would have been playing on his mind. Even the walking on the water episode. And note, when Jesus called them from the shore after he'd been resurrected, when Jesus called them from the shore and Peter recognized Jesus, Peter grabbed his coat and jumped into the water. Peter was carrying a great burden of guilt and shame. So putting today's passage into context, Jesus had risen from the dead and appeared to many of them. He walked through a locked door, did many other miraculous signs, spoke to Thomas, and had breakfast with the disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And after breakfast, he began a conversation with Peter. Jesus asked Peter if he truly loved him. Peter answered, you know that I love you. Jesus asked the same question again. And Peter answered again, you know that I love you. When Jesus persisted and asked the third time, do you love me? Peter was hurt and answered, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Now, Jesus didn't question Peter's declaration. He didn't say, then why did you deny me three times? Rather, he, to assure Peter that he was accepted and forgiven, Jesus simply gave him a job to do. Feed my sheep. Jesus also tried to indicate to Peter what was ahead of him. And it wasn't very nice, was it? He, he, he was trying to indicate to Peter what God's purpose for him was. In verse 18, um, Caleb read, Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. I wonder, maybe some of the under-14s can guess what that meant. Got any ideas? 
when you're old, you will stretch out your hands. Yeah. That he was going to die like Jesus died. That's right. That was going to happen to Peter. But interestingly, when he was crucified, we understand that he was upside down because he didn't want to be like Jesus in his death. Jesus told Peter this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Jesus did not see Peter as a failure. As Keith pointed out to us last week, Jesus was taking Peter from outcast to leader. Peter was destined to glorify God. Now, in the corporate world and in education, I know um, if there's an important job going and you're interested in it, then you have to, to have, um, you've got to have a mission statement and a vision statement and you've got to have aims and objectives and you used to have things like profiles and um, outcomes and all kinds of jargon and a big document all about what you're going to do. To help Peter take on the task that Jesus had for him, Jesus gave him a document like that. And in the document it said, follow me. That was it. Now, Peter, having carefully read through all his instructions, looked across at John and said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? This is where the title of the sermon comes in. Way back in the last century, I'm at the teacher's college and taught for two years in Sydney. And then I got a letter from the Department of Education that said, report to Murrumbidgee Aboriginal School. Well, I didn't know where it was. Actually, it's on the Lachlan River, way out past Uabalong. It was not a mission school. It was a school run by the government. The Aboriginal station was run by the government. In those days, the government policy for our Indigenous people was out of sight, out of mind. And um, so in my third year of teaching at the age of 20, I landed in at Murrumbidgee Aboriginal School. That's a whole other story, and I won't go into that. But this is where we come to the what about me? The kids were great. They enjoyed coming to school. Every now and again, somebody did something a bit wrong. And it was strange. Um, if you spoke to one of the, mainly the boys, they were all the naughty ones. If you spoke to one of the boys and said, hey, you know, you're not supposed to be doing that. You did that. You shouldn't have done that. A, a very regular answer was, not only me, mate. 
And I'm just wondering whether that happens in any families where anybody says, oh, it wasn't just me. So that meant, uh, why me? Don't pick on me. What about him? Well, I wasn't the only one. And this is what Peter was saying to Jesus. He looked at John and, and thought, hmm. And he virtually said to Jesus, not only me, mate, what about him? What about John? Peter, uh, Jesus could have replied, it's none of your business, but he was too polite for that. He simply answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. He wanted Peter to focus, to do his own job, to persist in his own responsibilities. This man who had denied his master three times and who had impulsively cut off the ear of the high priest's servant was to be given the responsibility of taking the gospel to the Jews. He was to be the leader. And remember that at this time, Paul was still Saul, not leading the apostles, persecuting them. Peter was destined to lead. This man who hid in the shadows when Jesus was arrested was destined to address a huge crowd at Pentecost. Really? What was God thinking of? And by the way, there's another incident in the Bible of someone saying, not only me, mate. Anybody under 14 got a memory of who that might have been? Somebody who said, wasn't me, wasn't only me. Eve and, and Adam, they both said that, didn't they? Not only me. Yeah. So Jesus wanted Peter to focus on God's purpose for him. And Peter wasn't the only disciple to cause Jesus to despair. There were some others who really didn't have a clue about their purpose, about what it meant to follow Jesus. In Mark, we read Jesus talking to the disciples and saying, we're going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Now, that's pretty bad news to get, isn't it? What was the response? James and John came to him and said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. And they replied, Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. So they had no idea of what was going on. Their focus was on themselves. Jesus needed them to focus, just 
as he needed Peter to focus. He needed them to grasp what their task was. He needed them to read their mission statement. And his reply to them was, whoever wants to be first must be slave of all, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. They didn't have a Bible to refer to to get understanding and guidance, but they had been with the Son of God every day. Yet just like Peter, they still didn't know what following him really meant. So how does all this apply to our lives in 2021? If you've put your trust in Jesus, in God, then he has a mission statement for you. And when I say you, I'm also looking in a mirror at myself and pointing to myself and saying you. Our mission statement is also follow me. And God has given us the scriptures to tell us how to do it. For example, Psalm 119, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Same psalm, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This is how we can follow. You and I, we need to read our Bibles. We can't know what following God means if we only rely on a 20-minute sermon on a Sunday morning. The Sunday sermon is like, it's like the footy coaches talk at half time. That's not the main event. The main event is our life in the world day by day. We need the word of God day by day. And there are lots of resources around to help us undertake a daily quiet time. Some other helpful verses to help us follow God. Psalm 105, look to the Lord and his strength, seek his face always. In Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Second Peter, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And from James, <clears throat> submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Peter was destined to glorify God. If you have put your trust in God, then you are destined to glorify God. How? 
What did Jesus say to Peter? Follow me. Now, when it says follow, if we're going to follow someone, that means they're going to be a, go ahead of us. Jesus means that he has gone ahead of us and he knows the road we travel. In Hebrews we read, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus knew Peter's path. He knows your path, and your path is your path. You don't have to be a missionary to glorify God. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a Bible study leader. Your path might be to pray for others or to give to others or to listen to others, to help others, to care for others. In the words of a Christian writer, John Stackhouse, he said, the Christian life is a long obedience in the same direction. A long obedience in the same direction. Jesus said, follow me.